This is the Callum Sutton Show from Opposition Studios. And a happy new year to you. It is 2024. It is the 7th of January. Welcome back to the Callum Sutton Show. A new season and it is episode, uh, what is it? It was in front of me a second ago, 2104. Starting today's show off just as kind of like a dry speech because um, it's the start of the year. <laughs> we always do this at the start of the year. We're kind of just like get rid of some of the uh, the old sounds of the previous year's show and start rebuilding them. So for the first couple of shows, it's kind of just like this build up until this year of the show kind of develops its own personality, as it were. And starting off today's show with a song that teenage boys have been getting very excited over. I, I can't possibly imagine why. It's just written in my show notes. Thanks, Kaylee. Tyler and Water on the Callum Sutton show. Hello. How are you doing? It's been a it's been, it's been a rough couple of weeks where we uh, haven't been able to see each other. And yeah, it's so good to see you again. Your beard's gone longer. Um, it is becoming very obvious to me right now that Netflix is getting more and more desperate. Um, just judging by my 19 million missed emails by them. I don't know how you get in missed email, but we'll let that metaphor stay alive while we while we talk about it till the end. Um, yeah, they are now offering £5 subscriptions with advertising built in because, you know, may, maybe they ever so slightly pissed quite a lot of people off with their whole, hey, you can't share passwords anymore, you can't do this anymore, you can't do that anymore. We're going to strip everything from you. But it was very specifically, before anybody gets on the neck with me, it was very specifically in lower developed countries that they started rolling it out. That was the petty part. Like, we in the UK and them lot in the US got to stay on the password sharing train for a, a good couple of stops before they got around to us. But the lower developed countries, especially those in South America, where they started, uh, where people are already kind of like struggling enough, um, they obviously decided that they would be the first victims for their for their little repertoire, their little repartee, I don't know what I'm trying to say, a French word. Um, they decided that the lower developed countries would obviously be the first ones to get in the neck. And yeah, that may have ever so slightly made the rest of us, uh, you know, angry. And, and, and I guess angry, empathetic for those countries where they were doing it. And so, I mean, I myself haven't had Netflix for months since all of that sort of stuff started happening. I was like, yeah, just going to stop supporting them entirely. I haven't really missed out on much. I was back with my family over the Christmas period. And so I kind of used that opportunity just to see what uh, was going on on Netflix. And I swear to God, hours and hours on end, I was sitting there basically just tick, 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 just going through the titles. Nothing there at all. Like, nothing that piqued my interest. It's been months since I last went on there. I've been enjoying myself just on Amazon Prime, which which hasn't always been the most amazing thing in the world, but it seems to have more variety than Netflix at the moment. And so I think I'm just going to kind of, like, keep off the Netflix train for now. It just doesn't seem worth it anymore. Um... But yeah, that that's just it's just one of those things, and it, it would yeah seem that with the whole five pound subscriptions with advertising and the nineteen million missed emails from Netflix going, well you come back to us, but please come back to us. We'll suck your dick. Anything. We'll come come back to us. 
all of that sort of stuff kind of just proves that it, it probably isn't going too well for them at the moment. And they're having a bit of a hard time recuperating uh, the costs of, you know, potentially uh, and pissing everyone off with their, their whole, oh, you can't share your password with your sister thing. Um, you know, it, it just seemed petty on their end. I know they've got royalties to pay and everything, but especially when you do plans for multiple TVs, and, and they used to be a lot better, but especially when you do that, it's kind of like it gets a bit one-sided because I think for like a tenor, you used to be able to do like free HD screens. And now that's like, that's the starter tier that you don't have to watch a, a pre-roll ad with. Um, your sharing screens thing is now way higher. I'm thinking like 20 quid or something. I can't say the exact numbers. I honestly haven't researched this article. <laughs> um, but yeah. And so they've kind of like, they've taken that price hike as well. And along with that, the part that they specifically put into the policy was that they would be rolling out a policy that would essentially make sharing between households or even just between locations more or less impossible. Like, you can have all the screens you want, but they've all got to be coming from the same IP address. They've all got to be coming from the same place. And so, yeah, that as well, uh, you know, ever so slightly... Um, how do I put it? Shit effort, Netflix. We'll be right back on the Callum Sutton Show. Casey Baser, why can't I have two? Uh, two, four, six, eight. Um, bit of a weird thing being going on, uh, during the Christmas period. Yep, that was perfect English right there. Try not to judge me too much. Small rubber balls have been found in tins of baked beans sold at Asda, Sainsbury's and Tesco, prompting a recall notice. Customers have been warned not to eat the affected products, which have been recalled by food producers, princes, princes of all people. How the fuck did this happen? And I know, I know that it, there's a lot of pressure on princes being, you know, the brand for literally everything canned. Um, I, I honestly, I've like I've seen princes all over the world. It's one of those weird things. You wouldn't think it was like a, a widespread brand, but princes is actually like you go anywhere, and it's like, yep. Prince's goulash, that is the stuff that they sell in Hungary, isn't it? Is it called goulash? Or is that, am I thinking, the place where people get tortured? Um, that that weird cold soup stuff. It's like, yep, that exists and it's made by princes. And so now, obviously, with, with so many people uh, relying on them for so many things, they've obviously slipped up a little bit and mistaked pinto beans for rubber balls or vice versa the balls about 2.5 cent, uh, centimeters in diameter are a choking hazard the recall notice said you don't fucking say the recalled products include baked beans uh baked beans with sausages and bean salad don't don't think i've ever had a bean salad is that like a five bean thing sounds weirdly distressing if i'm being honest um yeah, the Food Standards Agency, we have to say, is telling anyone who has brought any of the affected products, do not eat them. The Callum Sutton Show. Oh, no, wait, actually, hang on, there's more stuff. Um, as well as that, uh, 
because you know this this couldn't be a, a one-way street could it um tesco has recalled christmas stuffing because it may contain moths i'm 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 disappointed right now um this is this is not something i was expecting to have to do a double episode on Tesco's is recalling a Christmas stuffing product because it might contain moths. Now, obviously, we're we're kind of past this already. If you've had if you've had moths uh, in in your Christmas dinner, hope you're well. <laughs> the supermarket chain said the warning applied to Tesco's finest apple and cranberry stuffing mix with a best before date of September 2024. Hey, you still got time. You still got time. If you want to eat some moths, you still got time. Uh, they said, yeah, we're recalling a single batch of Tesco finest apple and cranberry stuffing mix due to the possible presence of moths, which makes the product unhit, unfit for human consumption. In the warnings issued, the Food Standards Agency, our favourite, uh, our bestie, uh, the retailer said, anyone who had brought the affected stuffing should not consume the product. Yeah, I wonder why. I, I don't understand how these things happen. I, I, I mean, I assume there's kind of like, it's very strict uh, factory guidelines to ensure that mm, maybe maybe a ton of dead moths don't end up in a product. Like, did they leave a vat open, a, a, a seemingly really appealing vat open for for multiple days? Because at you know, it's, it, there's got to be a wave that they kind of number up, especially enough for anybody to notice it. Because as we know, processed foods like this. Yeah, it, it would eventually become, like, disguised. If it was a small amount, it would probably become disguised and you wouldn't notice it. But for somebody to actually notice, which, you know, obviously didn't happen in the Q&A. Not Q&A, yeah, QA. Obviously didn't happen in the QA step of everything. Um, Which on its own is disappointing if your QA doesn't catch something like that, but... I assume maybe a customer caught it out with, you know, their bare eyes, barely looking for it in the first place. So if you can't catch it in QA, yeah, maybe, maybe you need to, uh, maybe need to brush up on your QA skills a little bit, eh? Ex ambassadors with Boom right here on the Callum Sutton show. Hope you're doing well. It's letter time. Choo choo. Here they come. Uh, James T. Can an employer take action against someone choosing to exercise malicious compliance? So, yes, I've been doing a bit of research. So, the official term for this, as it turns out, is working to rule and is generally defined as working to exact contract terms and refusing to partake in optional duties, including those in contractual writing as as assigned, which, thanks to the UK employment law, is not a legally acceptable contract term, as it has a potential to trap employees in a free-for-all cause that has the potential to cause harm. I wrote cause in my script twice there. Yeah, don't judge me too much. Uh, with this, it is worth noting that such contraventions allow you to absolute refusal rights to anything outside of exact instructions co-signed by yourself. So, essentially, your employer says uh, something along the lines of, yeah, uh, duties as assigned, uh, locations as assigned. Legally, you, you don't need to actually work to those requirements. Like, that's not something that is legally binding. Um, 
Employment Act uh, 98 actually has multiple statutes that, to, to a certain extent, it can be very difficult to read between the lines on this one because there's a lot of back and forth that kind of contradicts uh, different paragraphs within that act. However, the kind of like takeaway from all of it overall is that those terms specifically would be trapping you in a free-for-all and allowing your employer to exploit you. And so, no, you, you don't need to do anything that isn't assigned to you in the first place. Um, obviously, there's a lot of reading between the lines in that because in an interview, for example, you might say, if I have this skill, that skill, et- etiquette, etiquette, um, and they might choose to kind of like give you the job based on those terms. That's where it can get kind of tricky. Like, you technically don't really have a ground in that case because you have, not directly, but you have shown an interest in doing said specific thing. And if your employer has kind of latched onto that as a reason to employ you, then it would kind of be expected for you to do it, you know? Um, work into rule itself, or as I like to call it, malicious compliance, has caused a little bit of a storm since my generation and the millennials have become ever so famous for quitting um, at will, thanks to the current availability of employment and employment law advice, um, which I, I'm trying to think of what the official term for that is, but it's, it's I guess, quitting culture. I don't know. Um, it, it's strange because people much older than me, um, or, or people maybe just a decade older than me, would be in that category of people that kind of like works a job for over 20 years. I haven't kept a job for longer than two years so far. Um, so, you know, it can be very difficult for me to gauge where the middle line is on that one. Um, but yeah, definitely my generation is kind of used to that, used to cycling between jobs because in a lot of cases, um, the the availability of pay rises or the applicability of pay rises is very scarce and and it and it's kind of worrying for a lot of people because as inflation goes up so quickly our jobs usually can't match that and so i know that for sure every single job i've held so far i don't know about this one yet but every single job i've held so far has yeah it, it's kind of forced me to quit because the wage itself, yeah, A, needs to line up with inflation. And as an adult and a growing adult at that, I've been a big boy, I've been eating my greens. I, I need more money, you know, every year because I advance in my life. And as my lifestyle advances, it becomes more expensive. And, you know, I'm sure there's a stagnation point for that, but... Nobody can expect you not to have an advancing lifestyle. That would just be stupid. Like, you gain skills to have an advancing... You do hard work to advance. You know, you don't go into a job thinking, I want to stay exactly where I am right now. I I want the same pay grade for the rest of my life. Who the fuck would do it? That makes no sense. You know, why would you do that? Um... So, you know, it would be wrongful for an employer to not expect you to advance in your life. 
And at the same time, it's something that in a lot of cases they should be encouraging anyway, because ultimately your boss works for you. And I mean that in the most literal way possible. Like when your boss starts a business, let's say they're a solo person, they do their thing. Eventually they come to a point where they need more people on board to carry the extra tasks that will eventually kind of like pile up. Um, and so, you know, they start employing people to take work either off of their hands or to lighten the workload. And so they need you. You need them. Sure, that's a given. You need money. You need to be able to sustain yourself. But the active uh, necessity lies within their confines. Like, if you're not there, their business dies. Your boss works for you. And so they should be encouraging you to kind of like advance in your lifestyle, especially because ultimately you're going to also be a driving factor within how that business succeeds. Um, especially in a business where things kind of like advance all the time. If you don't advance with the entire industry that business is surrounded in, uh, the business itself won't advance. Simple as that. Nobody can just sit there stagnant and expect for anything to go well. Eventually, you'll be pushed out by everyone else, whether that be literally or theoretically. Um, so, yeah, I forget where I was going with this. Um, yeah, we've become ever so famous for quitting at will, thanks to the current availability of employment law advice and employability itself. And, yeah, that's kind of like that's constantly reminding people that you do have a right to a, be able to advance in your life, and B, be treated correctly, which these days seems to be a fucking impossible thing to get. I, I don't know what is up with that, but I, I mean, I, maybe I've been watching too many movies, but it just seems like there's these, these constant Grinch characters in really high up roles who just love taking advantage of their employees, like they're little gremlins, <laughs> little fucking inchworm. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of lucky at the moment because my specific, uh, employment at this very moment in time, um, my bosses have been mostly, um, kind of like trying to drive me forward and support me in what I do. Obviously there's times in every job that, um, people don't quite feel they are in the correct place or they feel like they're not being treated well, but it, it takes a fair bit to like drive someone to quit a job and and that's something that has to be kept in mind and so along with this working to rule or sign quitting has kind of like become a thing and more and more common like it's not a new thing by any stretch looking at the research i found it to go back like quite a long way that there has been small revolutions before in different industries throughout the years. But, you know, now it's something that's actively being talked about. And uh, as, as stated previously, a perfectly acceptable form of soft retaliation. Um, your employer doesn't have the right to intervene with it. Um, if you're not entirely clued up, by the way, because I, I don't think I explained the entire thing in full, um, silent quitting is literally just going by your contract terms, like doing nothing extra. You roll in at whatever time you start, you roll out at whatever time you finish. You don't do anything extra to benefit 
your company. You just do what you're supposed to do. And in in some ways, it's it's a good thing because, it, I mean, I guess it's better than continually circling between jobs. Like, I guess it's, it's, it's slowing down a little bit and kind of giving yourself time to evaluate your options. And that, in turn, should mean that you're more inquisitive of your employers as to whether they can give you what you actually want, whether it's something that, just because it wasn't spoken about in the first place, it never happened. Um, yeah, it's, it seems like an advancement in some ways. Um, if your employer, however, goes for silent firing, that's a different situation. And that's, an, that's another thing that's come about. Um, silent firing wherein your employer tries to limit hours against contractual terms and deliberately assigns you dishonourable tasks. Um, that is technically contempt to harm. It's technically also negligence if you if you have, uh, you know, a specific amount of hours you're supposed to work every month. Um, and yeah, you can take action against that. And, and I imagine to quite a quite a uh, fulfilling end like I, I imagine probably probably make a couple of pennies out of that specific stature um, so yeah to answer your question James T sorry I went off track ever so slightly there um, by all means silent quitting itself isn't illegal it gives you time to um, think over your options. It also gives you time to try and make amends with your employer or for your employer to make amends with you. And I can only really see that as a good thing. Um, but then this is my very loose interpretation of it. And I'm sure as time goes on, different practices will start to arise that may change how we feel about it overall. But it also depends on how the overall climate changes, hopefully in a good way. All right, playing now, Subtract. Uh, absolutely loving this artist at the moment, especially after their collaboration with Sampha. This is Wildfire on The Callum Sutton Show. Carol G on The Callum Sutton Show. Uh, God, we're going to get in trouble for this one. Chesterfield High School in Liverpool. A mixed comprehensive with 1,600 pupils, with about 30 of them identifying as transgender, non-binary or gender fluid, has said it has made up its own policy while waiting for government guidance on how to educate people about transgender and all of that sort of stuff. St stop it, you're going to get us in trouble again, for fuck's sakes. I'm not going to change what has been working for our school for the last 10 years, says Kevin Sexton, uh, the executive head teacher. Uh, yeah, we're probably going to be going into getting a little bit of trouble here. The comments come ahead of government advice expected to be published on Tuesday. Was surprised, it still hasn't. The non-statutory draft government guidance advising schools and colleges in England has been promised since 2018. Was well, surprised that it's late, but its publication has been delayed since the summer with discrepancies on how stringent it should be. It, it can be a very difficult thing to qualify for being quite honest with ourselves especially considering that the climate currently kind of changes every day um so it can be very difficult to tiptoe around a lot of things and so it's not too surprising that in a consistently changing climate 
um, than it has been ever so slightly delayed since 2018. At the centre of the guidance is whether children should be able to socially transition at school, which would allow them to live according to the gender they identify with rather than their natal sex. What, it, what, what do you mean by socially transition? Sorry. Uh, uh, if, if they are, are going through an actual transition, are they supposed to carry around a fucking screen with them everywhere? What, what do you want from us? What is this? This relates to their appearance, their clothing, and their chosen name or pronouns. Ah, okay, I understand it now. Plus, whether teachers should be addressing the child by those names if they request it. Now, I, I would have thought that at this specific moment in time, um, it would be wise just to go with it anyway. Like, even if you are a bit uptight about the whole concept, um, or don't quite feel comfortable with the whole concept, it seems like it would just be safer, just in general, just to kind of entertain it, rather than going as far as to potentially make a public uh, display out of yourself. That's just my opinion. The guidance will not go as far as to say there should be a blanket ban, but instead it is expected to say schools should be under no general duty or obligation to allow children to socially transition and that there will be a threshold to be met as to whether parents should be informed. Felt like you would know anyway, wouldn't you? Is, is there such thing as partially closeted transsexuality? I don't know. I still haven't seen the Netflix documentary on it. Um, obviously, because uh, I don't use Netflix. Anymore. Oh God, I need to get back on Netflix, clearly. That's what I'm missing. <laughs> this, is, this is the problem. I'm missing all the headlines at the moment. Um, if a child act, if a child is actively questioning their, their gender or expressing a desire to transition, the guidance is expected to say parents should be informed. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just kind of like how things are at the moment with trust in in the younger generations. I guess it is very you know it's technically a new thing to. I'm not going to say homosexuality, but how how things were with the whole closeted uh, homosexuals of years past. Um, obviously, we've been through that kind of biting phase. I think at any age, people are now a bit more forward about being homosexual. They're no longer uh, harboring as much fear over it. In, in fairness, there is also quite a lot of fake homosexual people, which has been known about for years now. It is odd but we've kind of just come to accept it a lot of people you know just choose to wear the term um just for the purpose of being seen as a cool groovy dude um same thing you know obviously has happened with mental health in the past people pretending to have this illness that illness um glorifying things just for a sense of <sighs> wellness i guess I don't know, it's always been a very difficult thing to kind of tiptoe around because ultimately it is wrong. It's wrong to kind of go and do those things. But to a certain extent, it's also very difficult to tell whether somebody is actually, but may not express it like stereotypical examples. 
so it can be difficult. In other news, GTA 6, <laughs> which I think we've all seen the uh, the announcement for. Obviously, they've they've chosen to make sure that um, our grandkids will play it first. They they decided to announce it an entire year uh, before, or just over a year before. So that is coming out in 2025, I believe, Q1. Um, it, it has given me a bit more time to save up for a PS5, because I know that, especially with the time that we've waited for this to come out, it's been ages now. I'm, of course, going to be booking like a year off to play it, because I have to. I kind of have to book a year off just to play the game, or a month. Maybe I won't be too dramatic. But definitely sometime, because I haven't played GTA in like four years now, maybe five. Because GTA 5 came out and it was great. It's best best game that they brought out so far. Um, very innovative. And yeah, we had a lot of fun with it for a while. I, I think I played it on three different generations of consoles. I think most people can say that they had it on at least two different generations the gamers at least had it on at least two different generations because it kind of like expand quite a decent life like until online became this really toxic place for kids to become griefers and kind of ruin the entire dynamic of the game um we had like a good four years out of it i think maybe five like a, a very decent amount of time um so I'm hoping the same from GTA 6, obviously. But yeah, it's, it has been a while. Um, so far it's been confirmed, but it'll be coming out on PS5 and the Xbox Series X, S. I'm waiting for the Xbox Series XS, which is an extra small console. Uh, when it arrives, the news... Uh, sorry, I'm just reading the head of myself here. The news came by way of an official press release from Take-Two, which states that GTA 6 is coming in early 2025. Um, which is, yeah, like I said, <clears throat> this was last year, by the way. Officially, this was last year, because I, I wrote this script in December. Um, <clears throat> so we definitely do have some time. However, it, it is looking pretty cool so far. Um, graphically, there's a ceiling, obviously. You, you can't really go much further than what we're already at, because we're already quite advanced. Um, but it does look quite quite polished because I don't really understand uh, what it does. I'm getting old. <laughs> I think that's just I think that's the broad statement right there. Is I'm getting old enough to not understand what things do anymore. Um, but I don't think it does look cool. But it's just like if if you want something that you can just stick in your pocket and go anywhere, like I shouldn't have to carry a bag to carry my portable games console in. You know, if I'm out uh, just on a little a little rendezvous without my entire camera set up, as I usually am with, if I'm just out with my pockets, Steam Deck's not going to fit into that. Not comfortably, at least. But, you know, I think it's got to that point now where those of us who are still gamers, and I, I use that as a very loose term because... It's been several weeks since I played a game, but, you know, for, for the most part, there has been a drop-off in demographic in that section for those of us who are still playing games from time to time. 
um, you know, it's become ritualistic in a way. You sit down and you actually focus on what you're doing. And that is, that is that. You no longer have this kind of like compulsive need, or I don't think a lot of people have a compulsive need anymore to, you know, go somewhere and play a game and then go somewhere else and continue playing games and etika, etika, etika. I think it's become ritualistic enough that it's now just a sofa sport. But it would be interesting to see uh, a modern, proper modern, proper small format games console that could run something like a near to fully fledged GTA title. I'm not saying that it would have to be uh, insane open world, but, you know, 3D with a story, something like that. Chinatown Wars never really gave us because it was top down. And that, for the most part, was kind of uncomfortable. It didn't feel like a GTA game, except for the originals, obviously. But once you've moved into the 3D realm, you kind of got to keep it there for a bit and see, you know, what little crevices that space has for you to explore. This is the Callum Sutton Show from Opposition Studios. That concludes the show. Um, thank you, as always, for listening, if, whether it's live or whether you're listening on the uh, website after the show and, of course, subscribers watching Sutton Nightly. Um, welcome to the new season, and I, I hope we managed to make this one as good as the previous and... I think we always hope that we make it as good as what we had in 2015. Uh, hopefully, there's going to be quite a few additions to the show this year. I'm trying to get Alex on board as per usual, because it is always great to have him on. The episodes that we had uh, last year with Alex were probably one of the most unique ones. And I think people responded to those in a in a, in a good way. And so I'll be... Looking to get him on more to talk about various obscure subjects, including uh, a March special episode when the next episodes of Petscop come out. So we'll be looking into the creepy nature of those. Um, until then, and until the next episode, uh, thank you so much for listening, as per always, and I shall see you on the next one. Take care. Goodbye. <laughs>